Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's June. It's the 13th of June. It's 2017. It's a Tuesday. We have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. The Siege is on vacation, so we have a new guest here on the Tuesday podcast. Andy Means, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited to be on this show. One of my favorite listens. Um, you guys obviously give out great advice uh, daily, so hopefully I can uh, do my best here to fill in this proverbial hypothetical seat, whatever you want to call it, uh, joining you on the show this morning. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, as everybody knows, we're recording the night before. We're recording a little earlier than we usually do here. So if anything happens in the late game, somebody gets hurt, and you're like, oh, why didn't they talk about that on the podcast? Well, I just told you why. So make sure you guys are watching any kind of injury news like that. Um, if you have Rotor Gunners Linus page, it doesn't matter because that's what you're going to use. If you haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over to Playdraft. Check them out. It's an awesome product there on the phone, on the website, however you want to do it. It's really fun. It's playdraft.com backslash grinders for a 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. So make sure you guys are checking that out. We're going to do um, the whole 15-game slate. So we're going to jump right in since it's such a big slate. And we're going to start with Colorado at Pittsburgh. Tyler Chatwood against Garrett Cole. Nine total. Cole's a slight favorite in this game, but when we're looking at it, um, not a big enough favorite where I kind of like him here. What's your thoughts here on Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, I don't mind it. He obviously gets a uh, he obviously gets a nice little park boost going over there. I, I actually like him a little better than the other side of Cole. Um, Chatwood's, I mean, his carry's been up a little bit. His swing strike strike rate's been up a little bit this year. Um, everything else kind of looks in line with him, and I mean. I don't mind him on this slate. I don't know if that's where I'm going to go. There's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many pitchers on this. Obviously, being a 15 game slate, but once you get away from like a few guys up top, there's not that much depth on it. So I think he's certainly in play. Yeah, you mentioned ballpark, and you know, I always like Chatwood when he gets outside of cores. He's a massive ground ball pitcher. He's a guy that can create swing and strike, especially against righties. And when we look at the Pittsburgh team, it's a pretty heavy right-handed lineup. Uh, they'll get Saravelli back here. He's supposed to come off the D- disabled list. So just adds another right-handed bat in this lineup. Um, so I just noticed uh, DraftKings doesn't have that late St. Louis-Milwaukee game. I think Fandle does, so we'll still talk about it. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. They're like, they have it on their all-day slate, the first one on the all-day slate, and then take it out completely on everything else. That's weird. It's supposed to rain all day there tomorrow anyway, so we'll see if those games play anyway. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. Got a pretty right-handed heavy lineup here. Chatwood's price on DraftKings at 7700 I think, is appealing to me. Like you said, once you get past the Kershaws and the Grankies and the price, like you get down to this price range and it's like, well, 
<laughs> Chatwood or Jacob Fiara, you know? And, you know, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But I'm like, so excited that he's on the slate, by the way, for your sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited too. Oh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind Chatwood here. I'm done with Derek, Garrett Cole. Um, you know, I mentioned it on the podcast last week when he got rocked. Like, I just don't think he's, you know, I think he's struggling. We look at the numbers, you know, dating back to last year, 377 Woba, 38.8% hard contact, the lefties. And, you know, he faces Blackman Cargo, two big lefties here. And, you know, his numbers aren't much better against righties. So, like, he's still going to, you know, he's just, I just, I'm not playing Garrett Cole. Uh, let, let me just make it clear. <laughs> yeah. He, like, the one thing he has going for him is his price tag. Like, and that, that's pretty much the only case I can make for him. The fact that he's 6,800 on DraftKings, like, I mean, three starts ago, he's 9,900. So I wasn't like too keen on, keen on playing him uh, when he was that high anyway. So it'd strictly be like a game theory price play at this point. Cause he is a good, he is a good pitcher. Like it's just, he hasn't shown it. Like last year there's injury concerns that not many people probably uh, knew about. Um, they weren't too forthright with it, but I mean, he's just been he's been terrible. So I I'm kind of with you. I just I just don't think I can do it. There's no way in heck I'd touch that in cash games. And um, if I I could see it in tournaments just because of the the skill set he has, but he just hasn't shown it. So I just I I can't imagine myself going there too much if at all. You know, it's not the siege when you hear I mention the cash games on the pod. <laughs> when we're looking at the Rockies bats here, I already mentioned that I like Cargo and Blackman. The righties, I'm going to have a little bit more reserve here. It's a bigger ballpark. Uh, we know Cole limits hard contact against righties. So, like, I, I think I'm just going to attack the lefties here for Colorado. Yeah, um, the, that price tag on Cargo is just crazy, man. 3300 Did it go down again? What was he on he was the Monday? 38 so? last time. Oh man, uh, that's that's nuts. Who'd ever thought we'd be seeing him at that price tag? Yeah, I'm I'm with you because um, especially at that price, I, I would like to play him. Blackman, you know, he's 5,500. That's the thing with the Colorado guys. Whenever you get them out of Coors Field, it always takes so long for their price tags to come down, and by the time they're down, they go right back to Coors Field. So it's uh it's tough for me to justify playing. Too many of those other guys besides the lefties. Arenado's okay at 4,700, but I think. Unless I'm stacking them up, I'm largely avoiding them. I agree, and there's a third baseman that I like a lot on this slate, so we'll talk about him when we get there. But, yeah, Cargo's price is ridiculous. I don't mind him as a one-off here. As far as Pittsburgh goes, we get a ground ball pitcher that doesn't give up a lot of home runs when he's on the road. I think I'm just going to avoid Pittsburgh here. Yeah, the only the only case I could make for them, I would probably do like a stack or nothing just because Chatwood's his walks have been really bad again. He's, uh, I think, as far as walk rate goes, in 2017, I think you might have the highest one on the slate, if not like second or third highest. So it's kind of stack or nothing for me. Just kind of hope that, you know, things pile up on them and walks two and gives up a homer a couple times and then they get in the bullpen. But other than that, I don't have much, uh, much interest in any Pittsburgh bats. Atlanta at Washington, Ari Dickey, Joseph Ross, nine and a half total. Um, Joseph Ross, a massive favorite here at 198. Um, you know, we, we kind of saw this game today, um, hot day in Washington, and the ball was just jumping off the bat against Strasburg and Fulton um, Do you have any interest here in Dickey or uh, Ross? Definitely not Dickey. I want to talk to you about uh, Ross. So I heard you were 
you were plugging in pretty hard in his last start. So you tell me, you're the Ross whisperer. Yeah, I love Joe Ross when he can face a team that has a bunch of righties, but that's just not the case uh, with the Atlanta Braves. You know, we're going to get Enciarte, we're going to get Marcakis, we're going to get Adams. Rio, Rio Ruiz is going to play. Like, that's already – it's probably one or two uh, more lefties that I want to see, and that's without them, like, giving a, a righty a day off and then fitting in another lefty. So, like – for me, Joseph Ross is a guy that I like to attack per slate, and um, he looked really good in that start. And I'm just, I'm just gonna pass here. Yeah, I feel like uh, you're gonna see that line kind of jump up a little bit on the Braves because, uh, I mean, obviously, what you just said about the the way this it's playing out there, if it's gonna stay that hot and the ball's gonna be jumping like that, I see them at like a 3.9 implied run total right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see that creep up to like the low fours and approach like four and a half or something. Um, and maybe the Nats come down a little bit, but I think especially with, you know, recency bias on this game that's going on right now, I think I think the, the bats are definitely where we want to target in this game. Now, for some reason, we see a Braves lineup roll out tomorrow where it's just like in Ciarte and Marquecas, they give Ruiz the day off, Adam's not in the lineup, like something along those lines. And we see just the two lefties, I played him last start where he had Chris Davis and Seth Smith to get around. Like, you know, if it, it's two lefties, it's a big difference for me. So it'll really depend on the lineup. He's really good against righties. He really struggles against lefties. Um, and that's been his repertoire in the minors, you know, for the last couple of years. So as far as the Braves bats go, I really don't mind the lefties in Ciarte, Marquecas, and Adams here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, his splits are so wide. And, and to go a little bit further on what you said, too, like – with, if, if there are only two bats in there on Ross, like it's a way easier to work around guys like that um, when there's only like a couple you're worried about, which I'm sure I didn't like. I didn't watch the uh, I didn't watch that game against Baltimore that you're referencing when you started last, but I'm sure you kind of did the same thing. So um, as far yeah, as brace bats go, it's kind of lefties are nothing for me. So I like all the ones you mentioned. Um, I would play them in any format. I think if that park's going to be playing like that tomorrow as well. I love the lefty bats on the Braves and obviously on the Nationals. The the thing is, like, we look at the numbers uh, for Joe Ross against lefties. He's throwing his sinker 50, 50, 55% of the time, and he only has a 3% swing and strike rate on it. Um, you know, if he, if he went to something else, which it doesn't look like he's going to, he's throwing a slider, and he's getting a lot of whiffs with that, but, like, he's really relying on the sinker. So um, that's my issue there. And then we look at the righty numbers – and he's throwing his slider 46% and his sinker 47%. So he's really only throwing two pitches this season. That's already worrying me. So like I said, like you said, Adams, Marquecas, and Ciarte. And then on the national side, I really I, – I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're such a pain. I feel like they faced Dickey once this year already too because Jason Worth has a good BVP against him. Oh, look, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember if they have it. Uh... Um, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I've, like it's stack or stay away from me. Um, I, I like Turner a lot in the series. We talked about him yesterday on the podcast. I like Turner a lot because the Braves catchers, both of them, either one, Flowers or Suzuki, they both struggle at throwing out runners. They're both in the bottom half of the league, bottom 10% of the league. So I like Turner. I like Goodwin. Um, the two same guys I liked yesterday in this matchup, um, I like those guys again, but – you know, the power bats, obviously, Harper, Murphy, Zimmerman, all of these guys are in play if you want to stack them up here. Yeah, and I think Weeders has been swinging a pretty good stick lately, too. 
And you can get him in there at 3K on DraftKings. And, like, if Goodwin's hitting second or really wherever he's hitting, he's 2,900. So you can – I mean, the, it looks kind of imposing at first when you see their elite bats and their price tags. But you can squeeze in some of their cheaper guys who I think are completely viable. And if you want to full stack it, um, you can kind of save some money with a couple of those guys. Don't hate it. Um, Goodwin's still 2,900 if he bats in that. Leadoff spot. This is definitely a spot to you know get that get that nice value play. We're gonna move on to Tampa at Toronto. Jacob Fiera against Marco Estrada. Um, nine total here. Toronto Blue Jays favorite. Estrada favored. Oh man, I I really don't know what to do with this game. I kind of like both these pitchers, but Vegas is telling me that I'm crazy. I what is I haven't seen the line. What is it? Uh, nine. Oh man. I really liked Estrada when I was uh, starting to look at this stuff. I mean, his his stuff has been good this year. I wish, man, I wish this game was in Tampa. Obviously, that's that's it's in Toronto. That's why it's probably up at nine. But really good. The K rate's way up. Swinging strike rate is way up. Um, and we know the Rays are, you know, picking on them is kind of boomer bust. So I don't know, man. What's his price uh, on DK? For this he is eight thousand. jeez that's why i said that, i really wanted to like the pitchers here they're both oh, like man. you know estrada's 8k and fiera is 7500 i really wanted to like these pitchers um i still do I, man i don't i don't know so i you know i watched that whole start with jacob viara um you know his first major league start i was at my parents house and we were watching just because there's nothing else on and, you know, in Florida, that's, you know, Sun Sports is Florida's channel. So it was the – and he looked really good in that game against the White Sox outside the first inning. You pull up the advanced stats um, and you realize, like, he threw a lot of fastballs. And that worries me a little bit, um, you know, when you're looking at a Blue Jays team. So I think I'm going to lean Estrada here. I think there's a lot of upside with strikeouts against the Rays, but we have to remember, like, the Rays are so much better than they were last year, too. Like, this team is putting up runs. Yeah, they – I mean, they, the lefty bats they have in there are really good, and Longo hits righty. Um, you know, have you looked at uh, Farias, like, splits against righties? Yeah, I have them up in front of me. How does he handle them? It was, it was, I'm seeing like a lot of righties in that lineup. It was one start, so it's tough to say. Um, yeah, you know, nothing the, really on the minor league stuff. The AAA stuff was fantastic. Like, you know, his swinging strike rate against righties was pretty high. His, you know, strikeout rate in general was really high. This is why I was super high on him and didn't get to play him in that White Sox start. Um, yeah, I guess he's going to see like Morales and Smoke and probably Carrera and going. So I don't know. I mean, I. I, again, I wish this game was in Tampa because of the ballpark factor, but I still think they're they're viable, especially on with those price tags. Now you have me so curious. I got to pull this up really <laughs> quick. Like, I just want to pull up Kendrys Morales, how he hits um, changeups. I think I'm definitely leaning towards what you said, though. I think I am preferring Estrada over over Fari at this point, just because of the strikeouts. Yeah. See the ISO. God, Kendris Morales looks like a really good play here, by the way. <laughs> just like, you know, just pitch pitch profile-wise, um, 
you know, he, he threw an average around 92 miles an hour um, in that first start. And in that range this season, we have Kendris Morales with a 357 ex-WOBA, and he relied on his slider a lot. And Kendris Morales has a three. Oh, that was 2015. My bad. Oh, 486 ex-WOBA against that mile-an-hour fastball this year. <laughs> And he's thirty six hundred too. You might have found your uh, your sneaky call of the night. Yeah, like that. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out. He's going right against your boy from from uh, that start when you're so tilted. He wasn't going. He wasn't on the slate, and he came out and killed. And now you're already going against him. He's a talented kid. He's really <laughs> talented. Um, I just I, it's tough to pick on pitchers going into Toronto. Um, it's been a long, long few days for him too. Like he pitched, went right back down to the minors. Um, Andreesi on Saturday left the game early, so this guy got called right back up, and now, you know, he's flying out to Toronto. So like, a lot of air miles, a lot of a lot of time on an airplane and stuff. I, I don't know. Um, I'm really gonna dig into it more, you know. But all right, let's talk bats in this game. You know, Tampa for me. You know, Smith, if he keeps batting leadoff, is an interesting play, especially if Russell Martin is catching. Russell Martin is awful, just god-awful at throwing out runners. Um, I had it pulled up. Let me pull it back up here. He's like bottom five catcher in the league. Man, it's going to be tough not to play Malik's in if he's catching. Yeah, so Malik's, Malik's is a really good play if he can get on base because um, Russell Martin has a 143 caught stealing percentage. He's allowed 24 – Stolen bases on 28 attempts this year. He's only thrown out four guys, and we know Ooh. if Smith gets on base, he's going to run. So um, I think Smith is interesting. Uh, Dickerson has been one of the best hitters in baseball this year, so I think he's interesting. But outside of that, I think I'm going to kind of stay away from the Rays. Yeah, um, that's kind of where I am. Let me look at, I'm looking, pulling up their, look at some of the price tags here too. Uh, I, never, I never mind Morrison yet just because you always get him low on at first base. He's only 4,300, but yeah, to me, it's, I'm kind of just leaning at those, the top two guys like Malix and Dickerson. I don't mind if you if you do want to stack for some reason the Rays, which I never mind just because of how they profile. Like I always like throwing in Colby Rasmus just because of his power, and he's always cheap. So those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Fair enough. And then on the Blue Jays side, um, I think we really got to talking about Morales, and I, you know, kind of like that spot for him a lot. Um, anybody else yeah, that you like? To? Batista, thirty-eight hundred again. I just I'm confused at why his price tag is so low. It's hard for me not to. I, I feel like they're just roping me in, and I want to play him every night. Um, God, hit man, this is a really bad spot for this Tampa kid. Baptista in the 30, 93 to 96 mile an hour fastball range has a 490 XWOBA this season. <laughs> oh, man. You might have to just uh, not not watch this game and, and fire him back up in five days. Yeah, I guess, you know, everybody who was talking around the industry, we might see him become really popular here. Justin Smoke has a 508 XWOBA against this mile an hour fastball as well. So if this kid, because he threw. And he threw his fastball 63% of the time in that first start. And if he does that here, I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble. This guy's profile really well against this guy's fastball. I know you uh, I know you like doing your research before you look at salaries and everything. Have you looked at the Blue Jays' salaries yet? No. Um, I went to guess, dinner tonight. And you guess Smoke's tag. Who's? Smoke? Justin Smoke, yeah. 
$4,500. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I would probably play Morales at the, what is it, $1,400? $3,600. discount? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the Blue Jays actually probably a pretty sneaky stack here, um, just kind of looking at what they do against this range of fastball. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. LA Dodgers at Cleveland, Clayton Kershaw against Trevor Bauer. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Clayton Kershaw is pretty good at baseball. He does all right at his profession, I believe. Yeah. Um, he gets paid bunches of money to throw the ball by people, and he does that a bunch. So, um, Kershaw, obviously the top pitcher on the slate. I don't think anybody will challenge me on that. Last time the Siege challenged me on that, uh, Kershaw put up a, a billion points. So, I'm guessing you're not going to go on the route of challenging me on Kershaw. I'm not going to challenge you on him. I, I would, I would like to discuss though if, like, we think he's going to be worth the price tag against the, you know, it's a decent Indians team, but they have one of the lowest K rates in the league against uh, lefties. Obviously, you don't put too much stock into that with a guy like Kershaw, but I am curious if, I mean, probably it's going to be a somewhat of an obvious cash game play, but I'm curious of what your thoughts are in tournaments though. Oh, man. You know, I, we're recording a little earlier, like I said already. Um, when the plate IQ tool becomes available, you can pull that up and you can look at the specific game and you can look at the K percentage for the starting lineup or projected starting lining, lineup for that game. And you can kind of see um, – if it's bench guys that are weighing down or if it's the starters that are weighing down those strikeouts. Um, that's something that I want to look at for sure. Um, they're a middle-of-the-road team. They have a you know 302 Wobo, which is not great, only an 86 WRC+. Plus. So, like, I don't see him getting shelled here. But could this be a potential spot where, you know, he doesn't get to that mark? Does he get, like, 28 and is 28 enough? Um yeah. So I, I, I hear you. Um, we just look at it. It's like the guy's gone over 30 points in three of the last four games. So it's, you know, he's starting to find his rhythm. And the strikeouts have been there, right? Like that's the thing. Like that was what was lacking at the beginning of the season. You know, he's having those games where five and four and five. And now, you know, the last three start or last four starts, 10, 6, 14, 9. So – yeah. We look at those offenses, and it was like St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Washington. You know, no, no easy task there. Yeah, that's the. I feel like it. it kind of, he always kind of hits his groove right around this point every year. Um, he does fine, like at the start of the year, but uh, just because he's Kershaw. But like, I feel like he really like kicks it in right around this time. So yeah, I could. It, the K rate for Cleveland kind of concerns me, but again, it's Kershaw, so like it. It kind of ultimately might not even matter what the uh, what the other team does against lefties, just because he's so good. So that's going to be the key for me um, in tournaments is whether I think he can kind of get up above that thirty again. And and I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd say he probably would. So um, I'd lean more of Kershaw than less of Kershaw at this point. And the other thing we got to consider here is we look at this lineup, right? We look at the Cleveland Indians lineup and. If they leave Kipnis in there and they leave Brantley, so they'll have two lefties and seven righties, or yeah, seven righties is what I'm seeing, or you know, switch hitters and but righties. We look at Kershaw's swinging strike rate this season against righties; it's 14.5 percent, which is about a point higher to righties than it is lefties. So like that helps the potential of not striking out as much, and like 
you know, we we talk about it all the time. It's you know, there's built-in strikeouts with a guy like Clayton Kershaw. Like he's going to get the strikeouts. It's just like, like I said, um, you might be right. Like he might not have enough to get there in tournaments. We might find something better that we like. I, I, okay, so I will I will say this. I think I prefer Kershaw over Granky in the spot for the extra seven hundred yeah. bucks. And I also think with the numbers you were right on off earlier with Cleveland, I also think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go like eight or nine in this game either. And that might count, you know, negate the fact if he doesn't get as many strikeouts as normal. But so it kind of, it might just kind of be a wash for me there. And, and that makes him one of the better plays on the slate. Um, yeah, I definitely, at Grinky at 12 too, like I definitely want Kershaw for only $700 more. Yeah, there's a guy on DraftKings that's, um, $2,800 discount to Kershaw that we're going to talk about that in tournaments I could see playing that guy over Kershaw for, you know, the same point per dollar upside. Um, Trevor Bauer here. I don't like taking right-handed pitchers against the Dodgers. I know they've been struggling a little bit, but we're looking at a team potentially that could lose Adrian Gonzalez. He could end up going to the DL and man, would that help this team? <laughs> I hate saying that. I was about to say I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> like, you know, we look at it and like this team top five in baseball without Adrian Gonzalez and you know Team Woba, he comes back and they've dropped all the way down to 14. So like he's struggling right now. And I I hate seeing guys go to the DL, but like it would not hurt my feelings if you know he takes a, a week or so off here. Yeah, and then and to make matters worse, like they always, he's always priced so cheaply, and you just – I mean, I've fallen into the trap of playing him a couple of times since he's been back, and you do, if you like, you know, 285-foot fly ball outs, then he's your guy. So um, I'm kind of on board with you. I hope – I, I kind of hope we just don't have to deal with him, and, uh, you know, Bellinger will hit higher, Grindahl will hit higher. It just makes the lineup more appealing to me. Turner's back. Yeah. Um, you know, this team's starting to get a little healthy, and, like, it could be the back injury. It could be like he could have this lingering back injury, and that could be what's hurting Gonzalez. Um, you know, eventually Seager is going to get healthy, and he's going to start rolling. Like I'm just, I know, I don't think I'm playing Trevor Bauer here. Uh, we look at it. He has a 360 x woba, a 264 ISO against lefties this season. He has a 6.11 percent swinging strike rate. You look at the numbers against righties, and they're definitely weighing his overall numbers. He has a 12% swinging strike rate against righties, uh, 309x Woba. So really solid against righties. He's struggling against lefties, and the numbers aren't really showing us that. So you really have to look at the advanced stuff. And um, I don't want to play a pitcher with a 6% swinging strike rate against the Dodgers. Yeah, they're trying to suck you into with this price tag, um, make, you try, make you try to play him at 6,200. But, he's, yeah, if he's probably going to see four lefties in, like, the top six, I would guess, um, depending on how they shake that out. And one of them, Turner, who has no problem hitting righty. So, I don't know, man. I don't think I can go on Bauer tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you. All right, let's talk Dodgers-Bats. Um, I really like Bellinger as a one-off, especially if we get Gonzalez out of the lineup and Bellinger moves up into that four spot. I really like him here. Yeah, it might even uh, it might make him a little a little popular too, but maybe not. He's forty eight hundred, so uh, easily the most expensive Dodger bat uh, by a couple hundred dollars. So yeah, he would be one of my favorites. Um, I man, I gotta imagine Seager's gonna start hitting the ball a little better soon. I I, I love playing him. You're getting some pretty decent price tags on these guys. 
Um, and Turner's back, it kind of makes for a viable stack, if you ask me. The thing about Seager is we're starting to see some home runs and we're starting to see some doubles. I'm starting to wonder if like he's starting to get healthy. You know, over the last four games, we've had two home runs, we've had two or three doubles. Like that's what I want to see out of this guy. I need to see that, and I'm starting to see it. So this might be a spot where before everybody else is starting to notice it, that we just jump on and get aboard. Yeah, I I, I think you can get them kind of low on uh, on this slate too. Like the the over under is way lower than I thought it'd be, but I mean, I guess with obviously Kershaw's on one side, but I guess I'm speaking specifically about the Dodgers implied run total. It's in the very low fours. I I thought it'd be a little higher than that. So I don't mind if it kind of stays down because you're probably going to get him at lower ownership. And and I mean, we've already talked about a lot of bats we like here, so I like I'm liking the Dodgers. And I'm guessing you don't want any of the Indians, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to pass on them. Yeah, even on days that you like might not think Kershaw's worth the price per dollar, but uh, you're not playing bats <laughs> against this guy. No, thank you. Uh, we move on to Chicago at New York. We got John Lester against Zach Wheeler. Um, any interest here in uh, good old Johnny Lester? I don't. I don't think I mind him. Um, let me. I mean, it all, I always like to before I go too far, and I want to see what he's priced at. Uh, he's up. He's only eighty eight hundred. Oh man, I don't know. Um, I obviously what I I will say is Cespedes went out early tonight. Did you see that? Did he just they just pulled him for like defensive purposes, or did you know? I saw him get subbed out like the sixth. I don't know if it was kind of like a cruise thing where they just uh, took him out to kind of just protect him. Do you know anything about that? I just was I just looked up um, MLB at bat to kind of see if they were going to let Jake Degrom hit in his at bat or not in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing, you know, how on at bat has the video like things underneath. It says yeah. Cespedes, Cespedes leaves game with or, or it leaves early with injury. Oh, geez, he won't be playing tomorrow. Um, so, so that definitely <laughs> helps Lester. Um, when you think yeah. about it, it's a righty that takes, you know, comes out of the lineup. We know, you know, Lester when he has struggled this season, it's been against righties. His swinging strike rates around ten point three percent compared to fourteen point seven against lefties. So. Be interesting to see. Um, you know, they'll still be able to roll out um, Ligarius, but, you know, Conforto or Bruce, you know, I don't see them really being able to sit if Cespedes is out here. So that's that's two lefties, um, which helps. But, you know, you're going to get the Wilmer Floreses. You're going to get the Neil Walker, the Estrubal Cabreras. Like, there's going to be righties in this lineup. It's more of the fact do you want to take – um, Lester against like six or seven righties in this spot. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too appealing, but uh, I do like the price tag. So it, it it could be very much in play as like an SP two on this slate. I'm very curious to see what the Mets end up rolling out there because you know we talk about all these righties that they are throwing that they are going to throw out there, and they're just not as good as the lefties they have. So you get a little bit of a, an aid in that regard. Um, but at 8,800, I can definitely see it. Um, you could probably pay that off in tournaments. I don't mind him. Um, the other issue that I have is we really haven't seen him pitch deep into a game since like the middle of May. So I, I worry yeah, what's about up with that. He's usually that's not like him. Is it just pitch counts just going up or what? I mean, it's just they're you know they've been in behind in games. You know we look at the Cubs you know last season and their pitchers were doing good because like. They were up in games and they didn't need to score runs late in the you know in the sixth inning and like the Cubs offense has just been so bad like he's at 90, 
92, 93 pitches and they're down and his spot comes up and like, hey, we yeah, got to right. pitch. Yep. Yeah. Like if he started out the first, looking at his game log, started out the first five games of his first five starts was above 106, 106 pitches or above in all of them. Then the last five or six, he hasn't even cracked uh, triple digits. So yeah, it's a good point you make. Um, oh, I mean, hopefully they turn around and he, that matters. I mean, you get an extra inning or two or whatnot, get him up into the hundreds and he has, you know, obviously the better chance to get you some more fantasy points. So you get a good price, so like his price is way down, eighty eight hundred. He was ninety seven hundred before that, ten six, eleven two. So like you're getting a big buy low opportunity here. I don't necessarily mind it. DraftKings algorithm knows best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that falling in the trap again. I don't hate this spot. We'll have to, you know, you know, just kind of watch the weather here as well. Um, as far as Zach Wheeler goes here, like. Wheeler is actually really interesting when he faces all lefty teams. And I noticed this when I was looking back at his stats before he got hurt, but I don't like this spot here against a team that's going to be able to throw out a bunch of righties too. Yeah. What were you, uh, tell me what you were seeing on him with a bunch of lefties. Like his swing and strike rate is like 5% difference um, between lefties and righties. It's kind of, kind of crazy when we look at it, like, you know, and it's a one one year sample size, but we go back and we look at, uh, 2014 right i think it's yeah 2014 yeah, 14, we got four, yeah. before he got hurt and they were pretty equal back then um it, it kind of makes me wonder like what he's doing differently with his pitches and if he's kind of worried about the arm um we look at the velocity of fastball um was it just for instance in 2014 his average velocity was 96 miles an hour and we look at this season it's 94.5 um you know, and the swinging strike rate is down about 3%. So that's against righties. Um, against lefties, he's getting a really good swinging strike rate um, with his fastball and his two-seamer and his slider. So, and even his changeup, he's really mixing up his pitches against lefties and creating good swinging strikes. Yeah, I wonder if that's, you know, that velocity just, I, I don't know if that's like maintenance for the arm or if it's a, if he's like doing that on purpose or if he just can't help it and can't go any faster after the surgery or what. So, I don't know, but um, I, I'm not. I, I I was a fan of Degrom uh, on the Monday slate just because of how bad the Cubs have been against righties. Uh, I'm not so sure I want to go there with Wheeler just because we have so many options on the slate. So kind of indifferent on him. Yeah, um, Degrom complete game by the way. Um, just that game just finished up. Yeah, my boy. Um, yeah, you know the Cubs have been really bad. Really bad. Um, like, I don't think Zach Wheeler is the worst tournament play on this slate. Um, I don't know what his price is. Let me see what his price 7, is. 7,300. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> just kind of – all right, so just throwing it out there. Like, digging into Jacob Fiara a little bit more. Um, like, I think I would play Chatwood over both of them, but I think I would play Wheeler over Jacob here. And you got uh, Peacock at seventy nine hundred, so you got some interesting plays in the seven thousand range. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk bats here. Is there anything standing out to you for the Chicago Cubs? Uh, let me look here. Let's see. Uh, I don't mind Rizzo or Zobris. I mean, man, these these guys are so cheap. Like Zobris thirty three hundred, Hayward thirty one hundred, Hap he's leading off thirty three hundred, like. Bryant's only 4,300. I don't mind a handful of these guys. Um, they're 
man, they're kind of making me force my hand here a little bit. Some of those guys, Brian at 4,300, that seems really low to me, don't you think? I was going to talk about Bryant, by the way. I made a note um, earlier when I was looking at batted ball profile really quick when I got home. Uh, this is a spot that I noticed the righty-lefty thing. So Chris Bryant last season in 2015 um, on fastballs 93 to 96 miles an hour had a 497 Woba with a 415 ISO. In, 2000, in 2017, he has a 286 ISO uh, with a 330 Woba. So like – um, I think this is a really interesting spot for him. Zach Wheeler throws his fastball, two seamer and um, normal fastball about 65% of the time. So 65% of the time with a swinging strike rate under 6%, like this is a really, really sneaky spot um, for Chris Bryant and his home run power. Yeah, and you're getting him at like his lowest price tag of the season. That mean, I mean, that how am I not going to play in like every lineup? <laughs> Sorry, I had my mic muted. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, my daughter came in here and was trying to talk to me. Um, yeah, I don't mind the Cubs at these low price tags, but I feel like we could see them gain some ownership here just because of, being, of them being cheap, and I think I'm just going to play Chris Bryant as a one-off. That sounds like exactly what I was thinking, and I feel like that's going to be my route. As far as the Mets go, um, I think Wilmer Flores is a one-off. You know, this guy is a really underrated, you know, power bat against left-handed pitching. Should bat um, in the two or five spot here. Cespedes is out. We could even see him bat in that four spot. So I think he's interesting against Lester. Um, you know, we think big of the T, big T would like to say he's not underrated. Well, big T, <laughs> me and Big T talked about this guy last year. Nobody was talking about this guy. So like. Yeah, you know, we look at Flores' numbers since the start of 2016. Uh, he has a 452 Woba with a 189 WRC plus and a 336 ISO against lefties. So really, really super solid. If Juan Ligaris, um bats leadoff in this spot, I think he's interesting as a value play because if he gets on base, it's really easy to run against Lester. And if Montero catches, he's the worst catcher in baseball at throwing out runners. So it's the only speed guy I can think of on the Mets. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't think Reyes kind of fits that category in his uh, in his old age now. Um, Not I, anymore, Reyes. Yeah, Not anymore. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, and, and Lagares is a twenty eight hundred on DraftKings, so I would really like to see him get in that leadoff spot. Yeah, um, man, Chris Davis left the game early. What a wuss! <laughs> my my team has a chance to win the tournament over on DraftKings. I'm up to twelfth place. What'd you get to ground at ownership wise? Um, he was thirty percent. Wow, really. But I played him with Darvish, and he was only thirty percent. So, okay. Um, my my seven percent Jay Bruce with twenty eight DK points. That'll do it. Arizona at Detroit. Zach Granke against George Buck Farmer. Um, Buck Farmer, man, two strong games in a row from this guy. Man, is he gonna gain popularity just because you know he's gone out in two starts now and thrown thirty seven DK points up and twenty six? I mean, you would think uh, at least. I mean, one one game's a fluke, and then as two a trend. Is that what they say? Like <laughs> he's got a thirty four point eight percent K rate in those two games, and a fourteen percent swinging strike rate. So, I mean, there's just I can't imagine any that's is sustainable anywhere close to it. But <sighs> I mean, 
the Diamondbacks can be can be had for strikeouts. They're not they're not in Chase Field. They're obviously really good against righties, but they I'm pretty sure they're top five or top seven for highest K percentage against uh, righties. So I don't know, man. Sixty nine hundred. I don't think I'd ever say at the you know at the start of the year I'd be paying want to consider paying sixty nine hundred for Buck Farmer, but here we are. The thing is, too, this team is so much better at home. Like, you know, Edison Volquez threw a no hitter against this team on the road. <laughs> I, you know, it's just like really quick. I'm, I'm so curious. So, like, I gotta change the stats over really quick. Um, so at on the road this season, we're looking at nobody in this lineup batting over three hundred. Um, Jake Lamb has a 380 Woba. He's the only person over 350. 29% strikeout rate for Lamb and Ionetta. 26 for uh, Ahmed. Like, man, this lineup on the road. Outside of David Peralta, almost all the starters have a strikeout rate over 19% against random pitching. And you know, you know, you, do you think Farmer, like Farmer's gonna? Can he? Is he this kind of pitcher? Do you think this is real? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the problem is the guy throws, you know, a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball changeup, and he has a slider. He doesn't throw it a lot. He really is a fastball changeup guy that throws around, like, 91, 92 miles an hour. Um, but he uses his pitch as well, and he gets swinging strikes a lot with the changeup. Um, you know, even lefties and righties, 16.7% against lefties, 24% against righties this season. Small sample size, only two starts. I think he's actually pretty interesting here. Um, I was hoping that you were going to be like, I don't think he'll be popular, but like just looking at the home road splits for Arizona this season, they're massive. Like they're really massive. Like you look at the strikeouts for these guys at home and everybody is under 20% except for Lamb and Owings. Like, that's a huge split, right? Like, everybody is almost over 20%, and then you look at their home numbers, and everybody's under, like, 17%, except for, like, two or three guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, what is around this guy, because it was easy to say that I really want to play him when he's 4K, because you basically barely need anything to happen. If nothing negative happens, like, you're going to be completely fine, even if you just throws innings so at 6900 it's a little different story so i don't know if if he's going to be as popular but man based on the past two games i are going to be drawn to him so it's a bigger slate so i'm not entirely sure how this is going to shake out i'm very curious to see what everyone says about him and then for what it's worth like this has always been a guy that you know in triple a his swing and strike rates have always been you know over 10 percent like so there's a little upside here, no matter what. Last year, um, you know, he had he just had a bad. It looks like he's a ground ball pitcher. Didn't give up a lot of home runs, but I, I don't know what the oh. Just looking at, it, I have no idea what his issue was last year. His soft hard contact ratio last year was zero percent. He had a twenty. He had a twenty five point three percent soft contact and a twenty five point three percent hard contact. I don't know, man. This guy might be a guy we have to watch. Yeah, it, I, it could just be. It could very well just be, uh, you know, noise due to small sample size. So 
I mean, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to play them in cash games, but I certainly want to have some shares of them in tournaments. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm the same way. Um, and Granky is kind of the same way for me. I think I'll have exposure in tournaments, um, but I don't think I'll play them in cash. Yeah, you're probably going to get some pretty low ownership on on this guy, considering he's only seven hundred dollars cheaper than Kershaw. Like if, at that point, if you're paying that much money for a starting pitcher, right. you're going to want to go up and get Kershaw, right? I lied. Um, I actually have a lot of interest in Grinky. <laughs> what did you see? <laughs> His numbers against righties. Like we think of we think of Detroit and we think of what six, seven righties, right? Outside of Alex Avila, who he'll probably catch, and um, Victor mm -hmm. Martinez, right? Yeah, that's the only two I'm thinking that would be in the lineup. Um, you know, he has an eighteen percent swinging strike rate against righties this season. Eighteen percent. Good grief! And he has a two fifty. So it's only one sixty five. Yeah, um, he's going to be a really good tournament play on this slate. But, yeah, I'm seeing – I'm guessing Detroit throws, like, seven righties in that lineup, so um, not in Chase Field, too. Like, I was I was writing him up a couple starts ago, and I was just going through his game log, and he was, like, seven straight starts or something just crazy hitting environments, like Chase Field, Chase Field, Miller Park, Chase Field, like, somewhere – it was crazy. Like, he barely ever got to pitch in good parks, and now he gets to – Face a bunch of righties at Detroit, so um, you might get a pretty low owned. Man, I'm so mad at Chris Davis right now. When did he go out? After his last at bat in the third inning, the game's in the fourth inning. He came out. Like all my other hitters are doing something. Um, top ten in almost every tournament right now, and Chris Davis, my my big power bat, failing me. Oh, I hate when I get sidetracked, but I definitely just got <laughs> sidetracked. Um, like, I actually think Granky's really interesting here. Like, you know, we, we're going to see lower ownership just because of Kershaw, like you're saying. Um, to be honest, in a game that has a nine total, I can't really think of any bat that I like in this game, just looking at the pitcher stats. Yeah, I don't know. People are um, – some of the Diamondbacks guys are probably going gonna to look good just a little bit just because of – I mean, I don't think a lot of people are counting for – the two games that farmers had um, to date. So, I mean, you could probably get some, some cheap guys like Peralta is only 4,300 on DK and I don't, I don't mind him, you know, it's way cheaper than Lamb was 5,300 and maybe, I mean, maybe we get lucky and like Herman's in the lineup or something. So that's kind of where I'm going. I, I don't have any interest in Detroit bats, honestly. All right, let's move on. Oakland at Miami, uh, cotton against arena. Um, these pitchers, like, yeah, you, you got a guy that Cotton that, um, just this guy actually has some really nasty stuff, but I, I don't know if he's just not ready yet or what. But, um, you know, he's just had these up and down games. He kind of worries me here against the Marlins. Yeah, I think I'll pass. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And, the walks have been really bad this year. Like 55 innings, his walk rate's 11%. Um, haven't necessarily seen the strikeout stuff that we thought he would have. So I'm kind of I'm kind of indifferent on him and maybe just crossing him off. Yeah, and then Jose Arena, you, you just can't play this guy in DFS. Um, like he's a decent real-life pitcher, but in DFS we need strikeouts, and this guy just doesn't generate a bunch. Uh, his swinging strike rate is under 8%. His strikeout rate is 14.5%. 
you know, his ERA is 396 and his Sierra is 527. Um, he's just not a guy you play. Yeah, just hearing those numbers rattled off right there, kind of an, an easy pass for me. Well, you know me. I'm 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 a I'm an ex pitcher, so like I instantly look at all the pitchers like advanced stats to like try to find any kind of trends as I can. So I'll pass. I'll pass on Cotton and uh, bats in this game. You know we do have a 15 game slate. I don't really see a bunch. Um, is it Jacob Brugman? Is that is he bound leadoff for them still? I didn't play this weekend. Yeah, he did. Uh, yes. Day, I believe, and he's like 2,200. <laughs> yeah, like he's another guy. Like, you know, we talked about Goodwin. He's another guy that I don't mind here. Uh, we get a young kid that's, you know, up in the majors. If he bats leadoff, um, he's 2,200 against a strikeout, a guy that doesn't have a big strikeout rate. So those are the type of value guys that you want. Yeah, and honestly, um, on the other side of it, I don't mind. I don't mind a little sneaky Marlin stack. Um, Cotton has been, he's been, like I mentioned, the, with the walk rate, kind of like attacking those kind of guys with stacks. And uh, if votes catching, when we get, you know, he's been awful um, throwing out runners. So you got D Gordon at the top. Like, you could easily see a, you know, walk D Gordon, steal a base or two, and just kind of have a, create a crooked number put up, like, right off the bat. So. I don't mind a Marlin sack on a on a 15 game slate. You might need something like that, maybe sub five percent ownership to win a big tournament. If um, if Fegley's catching, that's it's, he's the complete opposite of vote. His 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 strikeout or his throwout rate's like over 400. So um, I agree with you. Um, if 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 votes catching, I definitely like D and Yelich. Um, I guess the Marlins are really kind of interesting here. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm kind of convincing myself of it as I look a little more at it. All right. Moving on, moving out, heading to Boston where I love you, CJ. <laughs> but, man, this game today, one of those weird games. Anyway, um, you know, we got Ben Lively against David Price. Um, do you have any interest in Ben Lively? Let's get that out of the way. No. Um. Man, this guy in the majors this season, just because I like to look at everyone when we're going through the games. Um, <laughs> do you want to take a wild guess what his uh, swinging strike rate is against lefties this season? I will go, since you laughed when you asked me, <laughs> I will go 3.8%. 3.06. Oh, man, I was close. Um, really good spot for Mitch Moreland and Andrew Benedini. Um Righties, it's a little bit higher. He's relying on his fastball a lot against righties. The thing is, you know, he like everybody else in the Phillies organization, um, you know, he has a curveball that he likes to throw a bunch, which is always bad against the Red Sox. They do not hit curveballs well. But um, I think I like the Red Sox and not lively. What's your thoughts here on David Price? I think I'm uh, I'm kind of on board with it. Um, he's, he's weird. Like, he falls in this pricing – I don't want to call it pricing limbo because that usually means I'd not I don't want to take him, but he's just sitting there by himself. Like you have Kershaw Grinky at twelve plus, price at ten one, and then Lester at eight eight and on on down the pricing spectrum. So it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see. I know Philadelphia is much better against lefties. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think we're kind of getting to that point with prices 
was this his third, fourth start since coming off the the DL? He's had two shaky ones and one pretty good one. Um, I don't mind them. What are your thoughts? You got to throw out the Yankee start. Um, I don't know if they have something where he's just tipping pitches on something against them, but their BVP against David Price is just insane. Even when he was with Tampa, like they have something figured out in that organization where they just absolutely rock him. And I feel I, I, I feel bad because I forgot to mention that last time. Um, you know that game was going on, so I'd throw out the Yankee start. This is his first start at home since coming off the DL. Um, I, I like this fact that we see all, we saw 107 pitches in that Yankee start. Um, yeah, that's, cool. that's what we wanted to see, right? We just wanted to see Price over 100 pitches. Get a Philadelphia team here that is going to throw a bunch of righties against him, which definitely doesn't bother me whatsoever. You know, we look at his swing and strike rate. You know, even coming off the DL is at 13% this season against righties. So um, I, I like Price a lot. I think there's a lot of upside here. The thing is, like, I feel like I've kind of over the last 15 minutes fallen in love with Granky. And what worries me here is a lot of people are going to save money on price and go to Granky. So, I, or go go to go down to price mm -hmm. and not play Granky and Kershaw because the Phillies have just been awful. There's nothing here suggesting you shouldn't play price. I will say that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will. I will say like the Philly. The picking on the Phillies has definitely been more with right-handed pitching. I know. I do know by just by writing some stuff on on pitchers and looking up the Phillies without having it right directly in front of me. I know they are better against lefties, but I kind of I kind of think I'm with you in the sense that I like Grinky a little more just because of how many you know right-handed bats we we're going to see out of the Tigers, and I think the uh, Phillies are just going to throw a ton of righties against Price. So you got to factor in. Uh, salary on this obviously but i'm kind of leaning greeky if i have to choose between the two never would have thought that when i started the podcast just so you know um <laughs> but really like in greeky more i look into it um as far as the phillies bats go there's nothing that i want is there anything here for you uh, let me look at a few i mean you're gonna get some really really cheap tags so maybe if you need some salary relief and cash games i could see you going to some of these guys like I don't know, like Franco's twenty four hundred, Rupp's twenty six hundred. Like, I could see myself playing Rupp against Price and just hoping to get a solo shot off of him. So, um, I'm not too much in love with any of them, though. All right, um, we move on to the Red Sox bats. Um, I mentioned Mitch Moreland, Andrew Benedini, Betts, uh, Xander. I like all these guys here in the top five or six. Yeah, what do you think about Hanley at only thirty six hundred? That price tag is very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah they're, they're getting a good price. I mean, that's only 4600 and he looks to be snapping out of whatever he uh, was into a week or two ago. So, so, I mean, yeah, I know he had, like, a couple doubles to start off the game and then tonight in a stolen base. So, at only 4600 I don't mind him at all. Um, all right, moving on. Baltimore at Chicago, Alec Asher against Derek Holland. Um, pick him game, 10.5 total. Wow. Did not see that line coming. I will say that. Now I have to look and see if, like, the wind's blowing out or something. Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, Asher and Holland. It's, I don't see it. I see it kind of lightly blowing in. All right. I'm so confused why this line's so high. Um, did Asher got just destroyed his last start, didn't he? Did he? I think so. 
feel like I picked on him. Oh. Yeah, why is it this line? I feel like this is one of the fishier lines I've seen today. It's got to be. Uh, I think ten... It's going to be hot, I bet, too, then. It must be hot. No, it's like 74 degrees. Really? I'm looking at it. I pulled it up to see if the wind was blowing out, but the wind's not blowing out. Um, to see if that moves down tomorrow. Like, Derek Collins has been bad this season. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the guy is just, you know, he's given up 14 earned runs over his last two starts. The guy's not good at baseball. Struggles against righties. Going to see a bunch of righties in this lineup, especially if Chris Davis is hurt. Um, you know, then you'll see Mancini in there. So I guess that makes more sense. We just know, like, you know, the White Sox have struggled against righties this season. Asher's allowed, you know, 13 earned runs in his last three starts. I don't know. Um, you want to talk about chop, though. Like, if this if this game is going to stay like this high of a, a run total, these prices are really bad. Like, Machado's 4,100. Trumbo's 3,400. Oh, my gosh. Trumbo's what? 3,400. Jones, 3,600. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, over on the White, White Sox isn't much better. Like a Braves 4,100. Like this is, I mean, I don't know. Mancini's 3,300. Beef Castillo, 3,300. These are some crazy low tags on the Orioles. Oh, it's brutal to know. Um, yeah, Derek Holland. God, this guy's so bad. Against righties since the start of last season, 360 Woba, 38% hard contact. 1.76 home run per nine. You get a Baltimore team on the road. Um Adam Jones, Manny Machado, Chris Trumbo, or Mark Trumbo, Trey Mancini, will you know the beef? Like I like all these guys here, and I don't usually like them against lefties, but it's hard not to like him here against a guy like Colin who just doesn't have a bunch of upside. Yeah, I uh, obviously no interest in Holland. Those tags, I man. I, I have a feeling this is going to be kind of choppy tomorrow. White Sox are warming up at the bats. You know, we've been picking on them a lot in the first part of the season, but, like, their bats are starting to get going. Um, they got into the Baltimore bullpen early. Like, Wade Milan went two or three innings in that game, and they had to bring in a Baldo. Like, I don't know what I want to do here. Like, Alec Asher, um, you know, the stats are telling me that, you know, he's going to regress against lefties, and he's going to regress against righties. It's just the problem is, like, you know, he's not giving up a lot of hard contact to either side. Like, I don't know what I want to do with the White Sox here. Yeah, I mean, I, I like kind of some of the guys I was on the night against uh, Miley. I like I like Abreu a little bit. Um, Melky's only 3,600, so I don't know. It's that's I'm, I'm unsure where I stand on some of these guys because I just they're not usually a team I, I target. Um, maybe if Garcia's in at the top, if he's back in the lineup, the Lori, Gar Lori Garcia, he's cheap. So you're getting some really good tags on all these guys. Um, yeah, the White Sox aren't aren't great against righties, so I'll be curious. You probably get them at some really low ownership despite their high implied run total. All right, moving on. Uh, Texas at Houston. Dylan G against Brad Peacock. Uh, Dylan G sucks. Um, there's no other way to put it. This guy's not good at baseball. I don't know how this guy is in the bigs. Um, doesn't give up a ton of hard contact to righties, but he gives up a bunch of home runs to righties, so figure that out for yourself. And then Brad Peacock. I'm definitely going to be one of those people that are going right back to the well on this guy. I think the swinging strike rates and the strikeout stuff is there. I think he had a bad start against a team that doesn't strike out a bunch. And we look at 
a Rangers team that is very, very hit or miss. Um, they're either really good or really bad. So I don't hate Brad Peacock here. I don't either, man. Um, I'm probably going to be in the same boat as you and go back to the well and and think that the strikeout stuff we saw to, op- to open up the season, at least in the starts, is, is somewhat real. So hopefully people kind of just shy away from them. I know Texas hasn't been – Texas has kind of underachieved a little bit, um, considering when you look at the names in their lineup and how deep they are. They're, they haven't been that great against righties this year. Their, their K rate's still high. So I think I'm kind of going back to the well here. Yep. Um, as far as the Rangers' bats go, I'm going to pass. Um, I could see stacking against Peacock and hoping for a better better start or, a, you know, a bad start again, but I'll, I'll pass. Yeah, I might take yeah, – you could convince me maybe like a one-off with Gallo at 3,600 or Odor at 3,200, but I'm probably avoiding otherwise. All right. And then on the flip side here, I love the Houston stack. Uh, I pretty much just told you guys that Dylan G sucks, <laughs> and um, I'm definitely going to stack Houston in this spot. They're one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay for it a little bit. Most of their the big names are up in the high fours or low five. So, um, but man, that guy's really not good. I'm very intrigued to see what that line opens up probably in the morning. Yep. Oh man! All right, uh, Seattle at Minnesota. Christian Bregman against Kyle Gibson. Uh, watch the weather in this game. It looks really really bad. I'll be shocked if this game doesn't get canceled at like four o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. Um, Anyway, we're still going to break it down. Um, I have no interest in either one of these pitchers. Do you? Not a one. I have. I, I hope it plays up because I like the bats. <laughs> um, you know, we look at the Seattle side. We know Kyle Gibson is a soft to- tossing guy that doesn't strike anybody out. He has a three eighty three WOBA against lefties since the start of last season. Thirty four percent hard contact in that same span against lefties. And then we look at the numbers against righties. Not much better. 343, well, but 32% hard contact. Uh, this is a definite spot that you can stack up the Seattle Mariners for sure. Oh, yeah. Hearing all that, and then you throw in, like, his walk issues. Like, man, I just can't. If this game goes, I can't see him making it deep at all. I mean, I just got to imagine Seattle puts up a bunch of runs on him and in and, and waves. So, yeah, I hope it plays because I want to attack him big time. I really want this game to play, too. <laughs> You know, not to be greedy or anything, but, I, you know, it's the game that I feel like could be overlooked. Um, and, you know, and, like, even Jason Jason Castro is pretty good at throwing out runners, so you really don't want to pick on him with stolen bases. But I don't think it matters when you're just stacking this team up. You're getting good price tags, too, like Hanniger's 3,800, Moder 2,800, Cano's only 4,400, Cruz is 4,800, but will come with really low ownership. And uh, like Gamble's thirty five hundred if he's in there. So, man, there's it's a really affordable stack too. Oh my God, I'm sitting over here. I'm just <laughs> I'm so tilted by the Chris Davis going out of the game. I'm I'm at one ninety seven on Fanduel. Do you ever have you had a morning guard where you don't tilt? Because I I think the, I was listening to that Fario one and uh, you were tilt level like ten out of ten. Yeah, um, there's a lot of tilt sometimes. <laughs> that's for sure. I was so pissed that he wasn't on the slate that day. Like, because like you do all your research, and I, I do all my research, and I don't even look at sites or anything before, yeah. before. And it's just like I was in love, and then I found out he wasn't on the slate. I was pissed. I was so mad. I was joking with you because we did a show later that day, like Grinders Live Show, and like it was so funny to listen to in real time. Like as you could like envision yourself like looking at the looking at the site to see what he's priced, and he wasn't on there. It was hilarious. Well, I, I'm tilting right now because I'm like. 
um, fifth in the single entry um, series tournament and um, fourth in the qualifier on FanDuel for the WFBC. And I'm just like, Chris Davis, you really have to go out on the day that I have all these low-owned guys as one-offs on a team that I just absolutely loved. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's part of it is keep rolling with it. And um, um, on the flip side of this, I think it's a really good spot again for Dozier, Sano, and Kepler. Yep, I agree. Um, I've enjoyed picking on Bergman for the most part this year. And just in general, like these two teams just aren't that as popular as some of the other other ones. So you're always going to get them at lower ownership. And, and with their, they finally moved Dozier's tag up a little bit. He's 4,600 now, so that's 4,800. I just don't think many people are going to go here. So another good – Another good stack. I will say Kepler's 3600 which is a great price tag. Um, yeah, I like some of these Twins bats. All right. We move on to Milwaukee at St. Louis. It's the late game. We'll have to kind of see how this plays out. Um, it is on the Fandle slate, right? We're not just talking about this game to blow in. Uh, I'm almost hot. Yeah, it is on. I'm looking at the Fandle slate right now. It is on the Fandle main slate. This could be a mess. Um, really have to see how this plays out. Um, in the day game, there's like 90% chance of rain until like 6 o'clock on that day game. So you really have to kind of see how that day game plays out to kind of see how this works here. But anyway, um, you know, we have a game here, and we have uh, Willie Peralta against Marco Gonzalez. This will be the first time Marco Gonzalez has pitched in the big since 2015. Um, Peralta is not good. Um, let's just say that. I'm, I'm seeing Espino pitching in this game instead of Peralta. Really? Yeah. I'm pulling up the MLB app right now to see what they're saying. They have the MLB app has TBD for both Brewers, but FanDuel showing uh, Espino's pitching. Hey, I'm just going off our lineups page. It says Willie Peralta. Either way, I don't think we're playing these guys. Yeah, that's the that's the main story. Uh, the main thing with this one, I'm not playing either of them anyways. Yeah, Marco Gonzalez um, in AAA this season has a 431x FIP. He has a 19% strikeout rate, um, 10% swing and strike rate, which is pretty normal for. So it looks like he got hurt um, in 2015 with the Cardinals, and um, this is him making his rehab stuff and coming back here. Yeah, I don't really know much at all about this guy. Um, I can't imagine pretty high. <laughs> he's cheap. He's he is the he's a left on DraftKings. He's a lefty that is the seventeenth prospect in the Cardinals organization. Wow, how old is he? Uh, he's young. He was drafted nineteenth overall in the draft. <laughs> I'm gonna have to dig into him a little more. This is where. <laughs> Yeah, this is where you just got to kind of like look into the pitcher a little bit more because it's a lefty against the Brewers. It's always interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up his grades. Um, <laughs> he has a really good changeup. <laughs> like, his grade for his changeup is uh, A plus uh, for what it's worth. Um, you know, just looking at it. 88 to 89 or to 92 mile an hour fastball changeup is around 76. That's a major drop from your fastball to changeup. That's really solid. Yeah. Um, they're saying that he's a potential mid rotation starter, so I guess he's not going to be that bad. Um, he might be worth a flyer. He's at 4600. If he's on the slate, yeah. He's on the slate. Well, on DraftKings, I know he's not on DraftKings. Yeah, six thousand. Um, I don't have that game. Handle. 
I'll pass. I'll probably watch this game to kind of see what you know we're looking at moving forward if he's going to be in the rotation. Yeah, agreed. Um, as far as bats go in this game, um, you know, trying to guess what kind of lineups we're going to see is going to be hard. But I like Hernan Perez, Jet Bandy, and then Agler um, on the Milwaukee side against the lefty. Yeah, and I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Pena either if he's in there. Um, yeah, either catcher, whichever catcher catches, they're both good, you know, against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, do you have any interest on any of these Cardinals bats? I don't either. If it's Espino or uh, or if it's Willie Peralta, <laughs> like if it's Willie Peralta, I'm definitely gonna have interest. Um, I just think that guy stinks. Yeah, I do too. And you're getting uh, see like Carpenter's thirty-three hundred on Fanduel, Fowler's thirty-three thousand. So you're getting some decent price tags. Um, yeah, let's move on. Yankees at LA, CC Sabathia, JC Ramirez. You know, JC Ramirez was really good in his first, what, few starts, and then he just like fell off the earth. Yeah, now he gets the good old Yankees. <laughs> welcome, welcome to, the, to your hell, my friend. Yeah, um, I, I definitely don't think I'm playing JC Ramirez here. Um, you know, like I said, like his first few starts. Really solid, but we look and the strikeouts are gone. Um, he's allowed at least six hits in four straight games, uh, five out of his last six. The earned runs have been up. Like, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm passing too. Even at a, a really cheap tag, cheap tag, I just don't think I can do it. All right, but I do remember, like, we, we spent a lot of time on Alex Meyer um, yesterday's pod looking at pitch profiles just want to kind of see because Aaron Judge is the only one that hits um, curveballs really well, and he's a slider pitcher, so don't even have to worry about it. Um, no interest in CC Sabathia here, right? Nope, never. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping the Yankees stink. Um, you know that game's kind of just now starting. You know that's how early we record the podcast, so I'm kind of hoping the Yankees stink. Um, yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing, Stevie, because I want uh, I want some of these guys to be a little lower on. Like, uh, let's see, let's see what kind of prices. Like, Judge is fifty six hundred, but you're getting yeah. I mean, no, these guys are all priced up. So even so, you're probably a late game, uh, high price tags. You're probably going to get them at some low ownership. Um, the, the Angels. You know, I want to pick on CC Sabathia. I do. But outside of Let's Cameron, the problem. <laughs> you know, like outside of like Cameron Maiden and like you know Escobar and maybe CJ Crone, do you? Is there anybody else that you can think of here? No, I mean, I mean, if you're stacking it, maybe throwing Martin Maldonado at twenty eight hundred, and yeah, Pujols is thirty five hundred. So I mean, you're getting them kind of cheap. So I don't, I don't hate the top of the order. It's just I never really like stacking the Angels, especially on a fifteen game slate. Oh, man. Moving on. Cincinnati at San Diego. Scott Feldman against Clayton Richard. Um, Scott Feldman's a little interesting here, right? Like, you know, it's the Padres. You know, he had that going for him. Yeah. Um, good good park boost. Uh, Padres are, I mean, bottom two, I think, in pretty much every, like, Woba, weighted runs created plus against righties and probably lefties, too. So Feldman's just a guy that no one ever really likes to play. I mean, I think Grant, Grant and I were joking on the show one time. I think it's just because his name is Scott Feldman. Like, he just sounds 
just like such a normal name. It just sounds like he's not very good. But I mean, he's always goes overlooked. The line's so. kind of fishy. Um, what is it? You know, he's he's a minus one ten at eight and a half total. Um, line's a little fishy. It kind of worries me a little bit. Um, I I think he's interesting here. Uh, it's really going to be kind of gauging the ownership on him. If like I if we pull up Chris Jamino's ownership percentages tomorrow and like. Jamino does such a great job, and he feels like he's going to be popular. And Buck Farmer is going to be the lower owned guy. Like then, I'll probably have interest in Farmer. You know, there's the same price, almost the same price on DraftKings. So, Fanduel, like, there's so much value on Fanduel. Like, it's so easy to fit one of these top pitchers. So that's more the likely the route that I'll go over there. Um, yeah. But on DraftKings, like, what about like the other side of it with Richard at five thousand dollars? He just doesn't strike anybody out. Like yeah. that's the problem with Clayton Richard. Clayton Richard is probably going to go out and have a quality start here. It's just he doesn't K anybody. Yeah, he's still. Is he? I'm pulling him up right now. So he's still got a real good ground ball right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clayton Richard, three fifty-seven woba, fifty-six percent ground ball rate on righties, and then on lefties. 70, 79.5% ground ball rate, 292 Woba against lefties. Uh, don't play any of the lefties here. <laughs> That's insane. Um, all right, let's talk bats here. The Reds, um, I love Zach Kozart. I don't want to know what his price is because every time CJ tells me his price, it makes me mad and it like gets me off of him and he has a good game, so I don't want to know. Well, let's play a fun – let's play a guessing game. What do you think it is? Um, Let's see. He's been around like – 48, um, so I'll say like 46, because they're going into Petco. 44. <laughs> like, I don't think people realize like how good Zach Cozart is against left-handed pitchers. And no one ever, ever plays him. Ever, ever. So it's always, it's always fun. Um, outside of that, I really can't think of any of these other guys that I want to play. Yeah, uh, I... Nothing's really appealing to me except for they're trying to suck you in again with price tags, like on a lot of these guys, especially on like the Padres side. But I don't, I just don't, maybe Will Myers like 3,400, but I just don't know. I think there's better options. The only guy I, I played him today, and if he bats in that two spot again against Feldman, is that uh, Franchi Cordoro. Yeah. $2,500. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's some there's some really solid um, value plays. I played him today on DraftKings, and I'm sitting at um, forty dollars single entry. So, hoping he comes through for me. Uh, he's sixteen percent owned today, which is really interesting. What a great name, too. <laughs> right. All right, moving on. Last game of the night, we got Kansas City in San Francisco. Seven and a half total, which is the lowest total on the slate outside of uh, the Kershaw game. Jason Vargas against Tyson Blatch. Um, <laughs> Two of the two of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this season, with two of the worst left-handed pitchers on the board. Yeah, and going into the best pitchers park. So, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm playing the pitchers. Um, I really just don't see a lot in this game outside of Buster Posey. Ty Blatch like, has a ten percent K rate. Yeah, it just. Lorenzo Cain is a guy that's like historically really good against lefties that struggled this season, so maybe him, but I just don't see a lot here. This, I mean, it's just so strange. That total is so low, and I still don't want to play either of those pitchers. I think it's the ballpark. Um, 
like I don't I don't know like maybe the ballpark and like Vegas just you know projecting this game to be low scoring because both these teams suck against lefties and like we see like a four to three to four game or something I, I just because I don't see any upside I feel like I'm putting a big old X on this game on both sides almost yeah, the only thing that I would have interest in is if um, Slater bats leadoff and like Span gets the day off, and Slater is a um, young kid that is interesting if he's batting leadoff. Yeah, they put like Tomlinson up at the top the other day when they had that issue, so I, I hope they, I hope they do put Slater up, but I don't know. All right, let's play some home run derby, and then we're gonna get out of here. Um, you know, it's your first home run derby, so I guess I'll let you go first here. What are my pricing restrictions? Anybody? Nobody. No pricing restriction. We don't have a course field game, so you get anybody you want. I'm going Chris Bryant. Yeah, and I'm not letting you have it. I'm going to use my veto. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Like his profile is just way too good. <laughs> you just you just hazed me. That's not fair. No. Yeah. First pick. Like. <laughs> I will say, like, the success rate of the vetoes this season has been insane. So, like, Chris Bryant is a really good player. How many vetoes do I get? Just one. One Just veto. One. Okay. So, like, you get to pick again here. And um, I can't I can't say no to any other picks. Hmm. I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. Yeah, that one doesn't suck. Um, <laughs> you know, anytime Harper. <laughs> Is in there. Um, I'm gonna go with Cargo. Link. Ooh, I'm gonna I take this really cheap price tag and take, take that home run. And then, oh man, there's so many spots today that I want to pick on. Oh, I got a good one. Yeah, and I can't veto it. So you're gonna like it. I'm gonna too. go kind of. I'm gonna go kind of off the board here. I'm gonna go Trey Mancini. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to veto that. I like that. I'm going to go Cody Bellinger. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And you get one more here, and then you're done. Um, I'll go Wilmer Flores. My boy. You know I don't hate that one. Um, let's see. Who's going to homer off of Kyle Gibson? Uh, I'll go Robbie Cano. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to come on here my first time in veto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts on the slate? Uh, I don't. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed doing this with you. I hope you have me on again sometime. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, different perspective to to tackle it so in depth on the night before. Not something I do at least in podcast form. So really appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully I go three for three in the home run derby. Man, I appreciate you coming on for sure. We'll definitely get you on again soon. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's playdraft.com backslash grinders. That way you guys get that 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the normal Wednesday guest, Notorious. If you Good luck in your contest, and uh, we'll see you guys then.
Whether you're entering one or a hundred lineups into a contest, you need to be using our Roto-Grinders lineup builder and optimizer. The optimized setting creates the best possible lineup given your projections and player pool, both of which are customizable. The build setting is intended for tournament players and will create up to 150 lineups in seconds, all based on your filters and exposure settings, and then export them for use on FanDuel or DraftKings. Spend less time building lineups and more time enjoying the game. Use Lineup Builder today. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.